I think the only way that you can really get better at truly differentiating between those like very real feelings of loneliness and experiencing solitude is like experiencing that solitude and spending time with yourself do things that you love and enjoy and I know again like I'm going into that cheesy territory of like join a club like start a new hobby that's not what I mean I mean like do whatever you want All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chai in Our 20s. My name's Pallavi. And my name is Sharon. And today, um, we are going to be talking about loneliness in our 20s. But mm-hmm. before we jump into that, I'm going to ask, Pallavi, how are you feeling today? I am good. I love that we do these. I love that we do, like, how are you today? Um, I feel like your whole vibe of gratitude and grounding from last week has like traveled to me I was inspired and I just I feel good Uh, mind you I'm also back home like home home I feel like every time I do come home it's like I have to worry less about things such as my safety what happened what do you okay nothing happened but let me tell you so last week on Friday I saw like I have like three windows in my living room right like kind of like the ones beside each other but they're like three separate windows and there was like a marking on one of them that was like a clear triangle and then in the middle window it was like a smudged out triangle right so I'm kind of like what's going on but it's like orange so I'm like I've I've heard like construction noises in one of the units like maybe they're fixing the roof because like there's like a fire escape route right beside and then like you know it's kind of like it's right like somebody could get up there and do that so then I'm like okay whatever and basically I email like the management company and they're like yeah there is construction but like nobody should be act like nothing's going on where you're talking about like our people didn't put those markings on your windows so now I'm like what's going on so then I call up like my best friend and then we're chatting about it and then we like go on google obviously because why wouldn't you like, am I being recruited for a cult was the question. But turns out there's something called burglary markings, like certain symbols that people will put on certain homes or windows to indicate where you should go. You're and, lying. Yeah, but like, obviously it's all hearsay. You know what I mean? In a court of law, like we don't know. I don't have any kind of verification for these symbols because different sources tell you different things. But one of the sources we found said that triangle means like, like a female like a single female living alone so it's like you're supposed to be like the vulnerable target and then another one said easy in the mornings and we're like freaking out now i'm in shock yeah this is a public safety announcement if there are markings on your windows that weren't mandated by any construction that was going on go on the internet and tell me what you think is going on i mean like what are the next steps like realistically i don't know yeah well I'm not there so it's a good thing but they said they'll like check it out like they'll go up and make sure that it's like secured or whatever and then I also emailed them saying hey like I went on the internet and this is what I found like is there any way for you to be doing more type of thing okay Okay. so we'll see what they respond with okay well so to anyone listening apparently there's such thing as burglary marking so I learned something new today well we don't know like it's okay I know we don't know but that's also low-key terrifying regardless that's even a thing and I don't even live on the first floor like you actually have to like hop on over a couple of 
things to be able to access the window to write on it. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm not surprised. There are some wild people out there. Like thinking it's... back to last week, uh -huh. side note, this wasn't a burglary or anything, but talking about like hopping up windows and whatnot. So there is construction happening around here, obviously. And there's just like massive crane. Again, mm -hmm. it's a very tall crane. The building is definitely, I'd say minimum 20 floors. Mm -hmm. Tell me why there was a boy somehow managed to climb through this construction building onto the crane, okay? And straight up pulls out his phone and is just trying to take a picture of all the, like the city views. Like that's all he's trying to do. Oh my God. And then one of my friends is watching this happen through her window, like literally the balcony. She was like at first concerned for her safety, obviously, rightfully so. And she was like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden <laughs> she's like, I just end up opening my window and yelling at him. I'm literally like, what are you doing? She literally opens her window, yells at him. God. And then this boy like, obviously is like shook. And then he's like, I just came up to take a picture. And then she's like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Gave him like a little bit of a scolding. And he's like, I'm sorry, ma'am, I'm sorry. And like, whatever, just starts going back down. But at least the 20th floor, like that's high. And it's wild. Imagine his phone fell. That would be the kicker. That's the other part too. I'm like, you're really out here needing to take a selfie on a crane. You know, I just, it's silly. And if you're doing it because you think it's funny to put do that and then also put symbols on people's windows like think about your actions but how has your week more like the weekend how was how was it it was good um I think like you said I think we ended off on like a bit more of like a grad to know and weirdly like I've been trying to do a better job of that as well as you know so um, honestly, weekend was really good. Um, got to spend time with my friends, um, their birthdays, um, and so just being able to kind of even like celebrate my life and my birthday because I know birthdays are always a hard thing to yeah. talk about. I know we're definitely going to be talking about that in another episode, but um, yeah, like I won't dive into it too, too much in terms of birthdays, but I think surrounding yourself with people and, you know, Going for it, I think, always helps. But I love celebrating other people's birthdays, if that makes sense. What? It's just celebrating my own. Sometimes it's a little bit of a challenge, but I love to celebrate everyone Stop. else. Stop. We got to celebrate you more. I love a good birthday. You know that. I know. Um, I know. I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better. I'm truly trying to embrace my Leo, you know? Ah, she said Leo season. Uh, <laughs> but the real question, did you listen to Jungle? I will say I did. And oh, I definitely, definitely have playing this morning when I was working so thank you for sharing that with me and putting me on it because you know what vibes definitely I vibes. love it and also before we dive into loneliness are you sipping on something I see you pulling out your drink right now I literally was like hold on wait 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 don't forget so I know last week we said we're gonna do something other than water so this week I got vitamin water because very close herself. <laughs> what flavor is it from this weekend um it is vitamin a and it's kiwi strawberry okay so we said hydration because all right God knows I need this. what are you sipping on um I've got a lemonade that I have made myself actually so Ooh, from scratch yeah like I squeezed some lemon in it and then my mom has this like 
salt mix she makes and she mixes like different like Indian salt I things. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> kind of like how you would make like the the thing for the tea, mm-hmm. you know, like very that, but like on on like the salty side. So I'm replenishing my electrolytes. So that's where it's oh, at. Yeah. I could not have another coffee because I'm like really trying my best not to have another one past like noon. Good for you. So okay. here we are. Thank you for sharing. Anytime. What we're sipping on. Um, loneliness. It's a pandemic or an epidemic rather. Oh, I don't know why I said pandemic. That's <laughs> triggering. It is an epidemic and it's been something that we talk more and more about coming out of COVID due to the isolation piece. So we've done some work in terms of looking up a few things in different articles. And one of the stats I found that are Canadian is that about 29% of people our age experience loneliness, right? This is an offhand survey that was done. um, And we'll talk about some other things that we uncovered. But when we look at a stat like that, what what do you think of Sharon? Like, how do you think people are defining loneliness when they're being asked about loneliness? Do you think that there is a definition that kind of extends beyond being alone like how do you think of loneliness it's definitely more of i'd I'd say like a state of feeling um and like it can be you can be in a social setting and still feel lonely like i definitely feel like that is a real thing like Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you're just fully isolating yourself from other people although that is a form of loneliness as well but i think it can come in both forms so it really is in that sense of it's how you're feeling whether you're in a social setting or whether you're by yourself, you just genuinely feel alone. And that could mean in the sense that you're not able to create connections with other people, you're not feeling supported by others. Um, and maybe you just, you're not trusting of others, like that could play a role in it as well. And mm-hmm. maintaining relationships. So I think, you know, um, I, I remember reading something earlier too, where it said that like the start of loneliness actually tends to happen when you're in your twenties. And, you know, I feel like this is something that we talked previously. It's potentially could be because of us transitioning in our lives. You know, you're kind of transitioning out of school or, you know, you no longer are surrounded by that, maybe that immediate community or group of people and everyone is in different stages of their lives. So there are a lot of factors that kind of play, especially in your twenties where you start to maybe feel alone and um kind of grounding yourself like uh, I admire people who are able to like you know embrace that and you know but there's I think there's a different form of it you can be alone and still be very happy you know but you can also be alone and feel lonely yeah went around in a circle there no it's a good circle I, I think ultimately at the end of the day the way that I define loneliness is it's that state of feeling state of maybe like feeling empty and a lack of connection and wanting to kind of crave it or like, you know, look for it maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I feel very similarly. And when you kind of look at different definitions that are available online, um, loneliness is really an emotional response to the perception of isolation, right? So this can be like being physically alone, but it's also really about having a lack of meaningful connections with those around us. So like you said, you can be in a room full of people that still feel loneliness And the article, um, which we can post to our Insta, also talks about solitude being often mistaken for loneliness, right? So the idea of being alone by yourself, enjoying your own company. And um, I can speak from personal experience. I had a hard time with that uh, during like undergrad and later years of my undergrad. And 
a friend called me on was like, hey, just because you're alone doesn't mean that you are lonely or people don't love you or don't care about you. But I think that's like changing as I'm going through life further because you're right, right? Like we enter all these different phases of our lives. There are people who are in like very serious long-term relationships or are getting married or are married. There are people having children. There are people still in school forming new groups of friends. So it's like very difficult to kind of kind of stay in that safe space of maybe undergrad where we were all having a very similar kind of experience together um, and not feel quote unquote like that feeling of being alone or loneliness but it's hard I think it's getting harder the pandemic certainly didn't help there was that loss of connection with even the people that you might have known or grown up with in the past uh, but we're really trying to power through it here but I would love to kind of get your thoughts on that element of solitude and like like spending time alone what that means for you I think there's beauty in that so I think like personally speaking for me I I'm still an extrovert but I definitely was more extroverted I'd say prior to the pandemic mm -hmm. and um for me I was able to learn how to again I, I definitely felt lonely for sure over the pandemic but I also had to navigate the difference between like you said you know loneliness and having like solitude so um, I think it comes with you understanding yourself better and understanding your needs better. So understanding what drains your energy, understanding who drains your energy, you know, um, and then kind of building a safer space for yourself through that. And then rediscovering what you enjoy, I think allows you to also find solitude, you know, like you might not like the same things that you did two years ago or that you did a month ago. So I think it's that constant like relearning of what are things that allow me to, or just bring me joy um, by like with, with my own company, you know? Like I think the best way for you to even be able to like hang out with others, like family or friends is by, do you enjoy your own company? Like are yeah. you someone that you would want to hang out with yourself? Um, yeah. So it's, I think with solitude, it's it's one of those things where it's, you continue to just grow and learn and evolve of, you know, like, how do I enjoy my own company? And I think that's important, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're single, whether you have a million siblings, like, it's hard to get time for yourself. It's hard to find time to be able to grow into who you want to be, because once responsibilities are thrown onto your plate, when do you have time to self-discover really? I don't know. <laughs> that's so interesting. Uh, to your point around like being able to enjoy your own company, that's very like RuPaul of you because you can't love yourself. How the hell are you yep. gonna love somebody else? Very that. Exactly, but yeah. I feel like I'm in like the other, like I'm on the other table with this where mm -hmm. like you're kind of like, oh, when are you gonna get the time with like all the friendships and the relationships that you have to manage between your family, friends, partners, whatever it is. I personally feel like, I don't think it's loneliness, but it's just, like, the, the people having, like, all of those other things where I'm not necessarily always a purger. I'm not always, like, so busy that I can't, you know, see people or make time for people. But I always feel like other people are on, like, your table where what you're talking about. And oftentimes, it's, like, on me to understand that, like, you know, like, it's about their well-being. And I know we talked about it in a couple of episodes about like protecting your peace, but it's like, I'm constantly getting the short end of the stick, right? And it's not that people don't like invite you when they do things. It's just that they do things very rarely because they have like new relationships or partners that they're managing or there's like other plans and other kind of relationships that they also have to manage. But it's like, 
I've always been the type of person to bring all of that together, right? Like I had my birthday last year where I had people visit from like my master's. Um, I had like my best friend visit and I had like my med friends and I like just brought them all together instead of siloing and doing things with them in different spaces. But I just feel like other people aren't necessarily willing to do the same, which kind of makes you feel excluded. And I know exclusion isn't the same as loneliness, but I think over time it can build up to that. So I feel like I have a ample amount of time to myself and I really had to work on that solitude piece, right? Um, and I did, right? It took me a couple of years and I'm like really happy with my own space and just a couple, like not this past weekend, but the weekend before I spent it all by myself. Like I even like went offline for a bit. Like I read, I hung out with myself, watched a show, went on walks, like did the whole thing, went on to a cafe mm -hmm. by myself. But it's just like, like, like for how long, right? Like how long can I experience that solitude before feeling like, wow, everybody else is like up to things and everybody's formed these like communities. Like, did I burn a bridge? I don't think I did. And I know that people care about me. But yeah. it's like, if you care about me, why are you never willing to make time for me? Like, why is it always that you need to be by yourself or like you need to experience that solitude? And like, why are you blaming me for not being happy to be by myself? Does that make sense? It does. It does. I get what you're saying. Uh, but I'm like, in my head, I'm literally thinking like, I don't think anyone in your life is like intentionally trying to be like, find time for yourself or you know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean, yeah. Yes. Like, I definitely don't want you to feel that way. And I think the other part is, I mean, that's what we're talking about. It's about spilling the tea in terms of like in our 20s, like these are two different stories. These are two different sides of like, you know, literally two ends of the table that we're both going through the same thing, but different perspectives, different life experiences right now, at least where we are at. And I think weirdly, I feel like I was also where you're at. If I'm being completely honest, there was definitely points I'd say earlier in my twenties. I don't know what shifted if I'm like truthful, like being truthful with you. Like I don't know what shifted personally. I think it's I don't know. I don't know what it is. But uh, I will say though, it is important for people to check in on you. And I do feel like at the end of the day, it's not always going to be easy to make plans, but there can be different ways of doing it, right? Like if distance is an issue, like like I said, that FaceTime call will make all the difference in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like just knowing that like, hey, there's someone I can quickly call or someone there to call in and check in on me or like a simple text message, right? There are, which is funny because we live in a society where we have a lot of access to technology and ways and modes of communication, but here we are in an epidemic of loneliness, right? Yeah. Like especially within our age group or you know starting from here onwards which is also I mean it's kind of confusing at the same time because I mean that leads to like you know mental health and like physical health and like it can lead like you said you know maybe exclusion might just be like the starting point or maybe there's a way of like switching it up a bit but um yeah I mean Y'all, if we have phones and stuff, I think it's nice to be able to check in on one another, you know? <laughs> not that people aren't. Like, I'm not saying that people aren't. Like, I'm like for any of my friends who are listening. But it's just, like, it's hard because it's, like, I'm always the one making the first move in terms of, like, hey, let's do something. Or, like, I'm always the one who's planning. Or I'm always the one who's, like, at what point do I stop and just, like, cut my losses and be, like, I'd rather be alone than, like, constantly have to, like, not, like, drag people to things. But, like... Like they're down for things. They're just not down to initiate things. But it feels bad, I feel like. Cause I feel like 
it, it feels really bad when like you like you feel almost devalued over after a certain period of time like I know I'm like the expert who's like gonna plan things and do things and host things but it feels bad when like you're never planned for sometimes like not all the time like it's not that I don't enjoy planning like everybody knows I do but it's like that doesn't mean that I don't want to have a day out where like you do something nice for me and plan a day for me like imagine how tired we all are you know awesome that's some real stuff right there I'm not even gonna lie because this is like such a like tea episode because we're <laughs> like I'm being so honest today and I'm not frustrated like everybody's great it's just yeah. and you know what I feel like there are definitely a couple of my friends who probably can 100% relate to you because um, I think also you being the older sibling plays a role in this I've noticed a lot of my friends who are the older sibling tend to have the same thing that you say like you know because they're always constantly the ones to like plan and they're always the ones who like want like you know organize things or have to bring the family together etc cetera, etc cetera, right so there's nothing wrong for wanting to have somebody else plan stuff for you or you know like for and I think what I really appreciate like I said like for like my birthday for example is like when you have a, like someone else just kind of coming in and being like wear this do this don't worry about where we're going. I got it covered. Like, you know what I mean? It's nice to have that someone who's just kind of like very much like, okay, here's the date kind of planned out for you. Right. There we go. People get the idea. And it's just so like, and and you know what? I think they were able to do that because they also feel the same way that you do. So they know what it's like. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's, that's the thing. I think you're like, very much that like ask service type of person like you want I think I am yeah, yeah. and so, it's like, fine. I feel like I'm I, just, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining okay like I'm not but it's just like for me it's just like knowing that they're willing to do that for some or with someone else but not you you know what I mean like it's like uh, seeing them do things with others I think it might, it might be because also they're probably used to it right like unfortunately like sometimes we take our friends for granted and oh my gosh, I'm being taken for granted. Ah, <laughs> being taken yeah. granted in our 20s. Next episode. Okay. No, no, I mean, like, I think that's just a real thing, right? Like, we all love our friends. We all love our family members and cousins. But sometimes we just don't realize that, you know, sometimes we do that with our parents. You know, we take them for granted for all the things that they're planning. And that's why sometimes it's something as simple as, like, planning a day for them, right? Like, they just get to, like, like let out that sigh of relief. Just, like, chill. And I think that's something that... We all just need to be a bit more aware of, I guess, in that sense of like, you know, making that effort. But I mean, like, do you, would you say that like, are you one of those people, like say for example, you are in a circle or a social setting or a new place, new party, like, do you ever feel that loneliness when you enter a room, for example, or during that time, are you okay? I guess if I don't know anyone, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know, like, it's just... I don't know like sometimes I wonder like did I not do the work to build meaningful connections because I feel like I did I feel like people like me but then sometimes I'm like maybe they don't because this one time last year there was like an event and like I feel like a lot of people come together or a lot of people like consult beforehand in terms of what time they're getting there type of thing but that's not always the case like I feel like I'm sick and tired waiting for people to respond to do things so now I've just like been on like I'm gonna go regardless (laughs) of whether you come or not type of vibe so last year there was like an event at school so then I went and 
a lot of like the friend group weren't coming except for this one person and she wasn't there before and then I went in and I just got so overwhelmed that I just like went downstairs to the bathroom because I was like I'm not gonna stand there because like when I walked in like nobody there were like 50 people there like nobody even like said hi and like I knew the majority of these people you know what I mean like they all for the most part probably saw me but nobody said anything right so I'm not it's like awkward to join a circle or it's awkward to be there when nobody even bothered saying hi and I don't think I did anything to anybody. I know everybody was just like in conversation or whatever. And it's just like always awkward joining a circle. So I was just like, I'd rather just like not be here. Then my friend came and got me, which was like really nice. But I've never felt that before until I got to med school. Like I will say this, like I used to be like fine. Like you knew me before. Like I was so fine meeting new people. You've met some of my friends at like that dinner thing, like bringing people together, like no problem. But something happened when I got here where I just... Like, there isn't necessarily that same sense of safety I've felt for a long time. And I feel like Mac ruins it for you because I just always go back to, like, how community-oriented and, like, people looked out for each other. And I just don't feel looked out for in this environment. That's not to say that the school I go to is bad. It's a great school. Like, other people have built those communities. But there's just something that just hasn't clicked for me yet. And I know that I have friends. But, like, over the summer, you really know who your true friends are when, like, you don't really talk to someone for two months or, like, when people don't make an effort to actually see you. A few have. And they're, like, keepers, obviously. But something changed. Like, it's just something about this group of people. I'm telling you, this is the real tea. Like, I'm sorry if you go to the school that I go to and you're listening. But, like, very early on, these, like, groups would form. And then, like, it's very hard to penetrate these groups. And, like, you're in high school. And everybody's amazing. Like every single person is like so wonderful, so capable, so amazing. They're all going to be amazing physicians. Don't get me wrong. But I just feel socially like I haven't necessarily been integrated. And like, I just, I don't know what I did. Like, I just, I guess I just wasn't there (laughs) during the first week to form these relationships or something. It's kind of crazy to me. I got weirdly excited when you said high school because I have another friend who is in med school and the first thing so not the one that you go to another one the first thing that he told me was that Sharon med school is like high school oh my god so I have a very strong feeling you're not alone in this because I think that like I think by day like what his second month in or something like that that's what he told me so I feel like this might just be a med school environment girl like because the way he said, like, you know, it's really hard as well for him because it feels like high school all over again. I don't know. I don't know. I'm in high school. Wasn't it for me either. So to be I, back in- I, I liked high school. Like I was fine. Like I was thrive. Like I wasn't thriving in that. Like, like I was doing fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't, I was like very in the middle and I was just doing okay. Yeah, so it's like very like, shocking to me. I was so faking it throughout high school. Oh my God, I was like, not who I actually was, but. Do you think other people around me right now might also be faking it? Like, do you think other people might have similar feelings at certain points, but nobody just says it? I'd say yes, also, yes and no. And the other thing I also have to remind myself and you is people who go into post-grad programs are also coming from different age groups as well, right? Like you have those who are coming straight out of undergrad who haven't actually worked and or like i mean of course i've worked but maybe they haven't had like the full like you know full-time experience or like you know work work stress versus those who probably have worked for a couple years and then are going into like post-grad right so i remember even when i did my master's there's a huge shift in the way that people think from those who are coming from industry versus from those who are coming straight from undergrad right and to be honest it's great because you get to learn from both and you see the perspective of like how certain people handle stress how certain people handle like gossip and like whatever right 
So I feel like that could also potentially play a role within med school as well. It depends maybe like, you know, what was their experience prior to med school? Have they always just been in school? Is that why this is like the way that, you know, it, the way that they're kind of moving, for example, right? Like, is it because it's that same, like, what's the word? Click, you know what I mean? Like little groups, whatever. Yeah, that's exactly uh, it. Yeah, so I feel like that, again, could potentially be just because of the fact that they might have just come straight out of undergrad and they don't, you know, they haven't been experienced yet with outside of that school environment. So I, that could play a role. I don't know. I'm just spitting some something out there to be like, who knows? Honestly, who knows? it's one of those things. And okay, I don't want to like berate people who are in my life. Like, I'm not saying, like, I'm sorry. This isn't about you. This is about like the bigger picture. Oh, well, all we're talking about here is literally loneliness, right? So, like, you're being vulnerable. You're just saying, like, hey, there are moments exactly. that are really lonely. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because we're all human. We're all yeah. figuring it out. And at the end of the day, like, hey, loneliness is valid. <laughs> like, that's what we're here to talk about is the fact that like, hey, I can be doing all of these things. Like I have all these extracurriculars going on. I'm in school. I'm a boss bitch. But even during that, I have moments where I feel lonely. <laughs> That's so funny. Sharon got so heated. She dropped her mic. She was, she was coming at you all really well there goes that (laughs) the absolute power and like even the mic couldn't you know it was just like so powerful uh but yeah you're right uh I'm not denying that but it's like I can't blame a group of friends either but it's also like something that a friend of mine told me is that you can only have expectations out of like the right people like you can't have the same expectations out of everybody and I think that has really helped like reframe but it's like, you know, when you go out of your way for every single person, every single time, like you make time. Yeah. Why do that though? I think like, I think that's You're right. Like, I'm going to stop. I asked earlier, I was like, who's genuinely draining your energy versus who's old? It's a relationship. We talked about this earlier too. It's oh my God, you're right. Street. It's a two-way street. You know, like I think we, I, I was talking about this with my other friends too. Like maintaining re- relationships in our twenties, it's hard. It's, it, you have to put mm-hmm. work in there. You actually do. If you want to like continue making and like having a relationship you have to put in work I and it's gonna get only harder it really is only gonna get harder thanks for saying that that's exactly what I needed to hear okay to pivot um there's also an article that you found and I found yeah that needs to be talked about that specifically talks about loneliness as an epidemic and I know we've talked about personal experiences we've laid out the stats at the start but I think this article really kind of highlights what's going on I think so. Okay, yes. There was also a scene in articles. Y'all, this is pretty recent. This is like what May twenty twenty three, and this is based off like in with our friendly neighbors down south in the United States of America. So uh, the surgeon, Doctor Vivek Murthy, he released an advisory back in May addressing the epidemic of loneliness and isolation. So um, it's been affecting the country, and like one of their part of their solutions is creating a framework for national strategy to advance social connection. Um, Because in recent years, about one in two adults in America reported experiencing loneliness. And the thing that I also found interesting though was this was before the COVID-19 pandemic cut off so many of like relationships between friends and loved ones. So even prior to COVID-19, it seems that people were reporting one in, like one in two adults in America reported themselves feeling as lonely. And a question that I have for you, though, from this is, like, do you think that also stems from, like, we all know that, like, 
the North American cultural culture is very individualistic. So do you think that's also could play a role as to why, you know, one in two Americans are feeling lonely? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think that individualistic culture definitely ties into it. And I think the definition, I know like not to be kind of picky about that, but like the definition, I think a lot of people confuse being alone or solitude with loneliness. I know I did. So I can speak from that experience. So I think maybe it's like a bit of both, like the definition piece, but especially that individualistic piece. I'd be interested to see stats from like the Eastern side just to see how they are or even like communities of color or like immigrant families who might have different family structures I think might have like different kind of viewpoints when it comes to that yeah and then I guess like something else interesting that I was reading or skimming through the article was like something that he said was loneliness um it can look different for like everyone like so one example was like some people they become withdrawn others become irritable and angry so there's like different ways of even showing loneliness it doesn't just oh my have gosh. to be. What are some other ones? Um, <laughs> I feel like we could find it. Okay, no, just like send me the article after because I yeah. love just seeing if I fit into any of the. <laughs> it's like if you feel lonely, pick up the phone call, you know, and talk oh to Oh my God. Like if somebody is feeling, that's like saying if you're just don't be depressed. <laughs> that has the exact but, same okay. energy. Okay, let me see if I can run through a couple of these pillars of this framework and I guess we can either like scientific hat and see if this makes sense so the framework is rooted in six pillars so the first is strengthening social infrastructure and communities so involves boosting programs like volunteer organizations or religious groups policies like public transit or education and physical elements like libraries and green spaces who is setting foot in a library hold on actually hold on hold that thought I will say there are a lot more of my friends who are going to libraries, but for other reasons, not just for books. Aww. Like the Toronto Public Library has access to like, for example, like a sewing room, you know? So people what? are kind of like, go, yeah. So there are things like that. There's, I think it's a great actually resource. That's, that's my little take on it though. I love that. Maybe I need to go to the Biblioteca myself. Um, yes. <laughs> what's the second pillar? The second pillar calls for more pro-connection public policies. So governments and institutions are urged to adopt an an approach that recognizes that policies can benefit or hinder connection and that every sector of society is relevant to social connection. That's very vague. Why that one over my head, I'm not going to lie. Let's stick to the tangible ones. Let's talk about the tangible pillars, you know, because I feel like, yeah, like policymakers should keep it in mind is like not actually solving the problem i also wonder like what kind of apps are out there to help combat this like i'm thinking from like a technical perspective i know you've mentioned bumble friends before um mm-hmm. where one of your friends actually found one of her really good friends right so the one friend went on it because she actually moved locations so mm-hmm. she wanted to make a friend so that was the one reason why the one friend went on it um the other friend went on it yeah genuinely just to make like new connections and specifically like with those like within culture as well so i think that was something that she was looking for um personally like i tested it out just to see what it was like um and i got a little overwhelmed at first because i was like oh wow this this actually works but there are really cool features so if you don't want to just match with just one friend they have communities within there as well so like if there's common interests like i don't know dancing or sewing or reading book clubs they have communities within there as well that they you know that you can join so that's That's really cool 
That's really cool. And I think it's hard. Like you almost seem like people judge you when you're like looking for friendships or like you're seeking out meaningful connections. And there's obviously like a time and place for meaningful connections as well. But it's just kind of how it is. I'll say the third pillar real quick because I feel like you might have something to say about this one is um, it relies on crucial role of public health and healthcare delivery systems to address social connection. So Murthy calls for increased investment in educating healthcare providers about the physical and mental benefits of social connection and the risks of disconnection. So patients' needs should be assessed and supported and organized, should track prevalence of disconnection in communities and advance local solutions. Yeah. Is that going to be adding more clinician burnout? <laughs> I was thinking about this. Um, last week when I was at the hospital, I asked, I was like, is there no like patient social hour where they can like go hang out? And they're like, no, they're sick. Like, what are you talking about? But like, I feel like being at a hospital makes you sicker almost. Like it's kind of like, oftentimes you actually need support to like mobilize and it's just it just seems like maybe we could do better but yeah I agree um mind you like a lot of times I bet if you like bring this up to like your provider they're gonna be like well join a club have a hobby I say this because I googled this right before this I was like okay like what to do if you feel lonely like what does the internet say uh before our episode and it was literally like just the stuff that you kind of maybe already know right but then it's like they say these things like start a new hobby and join a club but like there's no tangible like links to places where you can you know what I mean and then (laughs) wait pause let me finish this rant but also it's like if you do join and you're not the most extroverted person I feel like you're less you're let you're likely to get less out of that experience than maybe those people who always like to talk and insert themselves because oftentimes like for like my company every time I've like gone into these spaces there's like those people who are like super loud want to get their word out there who are like taking up space and talking which is kind of what you're there for but that leaves all the other people without any time to say anything and then you get nothing out of that experience and like zero connection is formed because there isn't an, a moderator trying to get everybody's word out and I've seen it in very few pl- spaces where there's actually moderation or like somebody who's in charge who will ask meaningful questions and prod and help you kind of get acquainted within the group. I agree with that one completely. Like, so having a moderator definitely helps in those situations, but you being that person also, you kind of know that you may be better in more like smaller group settings. You know what I mean? So if you know that if I'm someone who would find more value within a group setting of five people versus a group setting of 20 people, then it would make more sense for you to go to that five, make more meaningful connections there, and then maybe like diverge into a larger group. And you don't even have to do that either. You know what I mean? So. It's not always going to be ideal. So I think one thing, especially in the work situation, um, I've definitely been in that position as well, where it's like, you know, I'm not able to get a word out or it's like, I don't feel comfortable enough to get a word out. There might be a reason behind that. And sometimes the best thing to do is just maybe hop on a one-on-one call or hop on like, you know, like a smaller group call to just be like, hey, this is also something that I was thinking about that could potentially help, yada, 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 Mm -hmm. right? I think the reason why I was saying earlier is when you were saying tangible impact, why I was like that excited was because like the fourth pillar is exactly what you already mentioned without even you reading it, which is reforming digital and reforming digital environments. So Murthy mm-hmm. says uh, he singles out the tangible impact of technology on Americans' daily lives and connections. So technology can also distract us and occupy our mental bandwidth, make us feel worse about ourselves and our relationships, and diminish our ability to connect with others. Some technology fans, the flames of marginalization and discrimination, bullying, and other forms of severe social negativity. 
So I completely forgot about the whole cyber, you know, bullying like side of things as well. That also unfortunately happens with technology. Um, I don't know what the tangible impact or how that they plan on reforming digital environments, but that is what the fourth pillar is from this framework. And then- I want to quickly say the other two for completeness sake. Yeah, I guess we're already here, eh? So the fifth one is depend, oh, sorry. The fifth pillar is just deepening knowledge, urges stakeholders such as officials, policymakers, health providers, and researchers to collaborate on research agenda to address gaps in the data. So that's number five. What is the sixth? The final pillar urges a culture of connection in which Americans cultivate values of kindness, respect, oh my God. service, and commitment to one another. Why is this Who is this be- written for? Who's the audience? I was like, it's going to be really hard for Americans to start cultivating that culture. Oh, Can my I God. We love our American audience as well. Um, like, it's just... Involved. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you cultivate that. That's going to be hard. You can't just change an entire culture. Yeah, I'm like, did they write this for, like, government? Or, like, is this for the people? Is this I for think, institutions? I think this is definitely for the government. It's sounding like this is 100%. It's, it's very much targeted towards policymakers, healthcare providers. I don't think this is for our average day American. It seems to be like there's things that they're trying to do on, like, the higher level, government level, it looks like. Yeah. Um, but I guess it makes for, like, sense. Yeah, the regu- like, the, for the regular, regular people, um, it literally is what we're talking about, like regularly practicing service and gratitude can encourage others to do the same. So cut back on things that lead to disconnection, such as harmful social media use or time spent in unhealthy relationships. So be open with healthcare providers is also something that they say and, you know, about any significant social changes that may impact your level of connections. Yeah. And I think this is like such an important topic to talk about. And I'm really glad that we talked about it today. And I mean, we didn't even delve into like, the older adults like people who are like in their 60s 70s 80s who like really really like so like suffer almost from social isolation if that's even the right term uh but that's definitely something to look into if you're interested like there's a whole bunch of literature in that space and probably lots of articles um that you can access yeah i agree thank you for sharing that i know that's like super important as well um in terms of just making sure you're connected with your community members so I guess like final maybe two tips um, to kind of close this off. Paulovi, do you have two tips that maybe you can help with like those who are kind of feeling lonely right now? Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned it beautifully, like take time out for yourself. I think the only way that you can really get better at like truly like differentiating between those like very real feelings of loneliness and experiencing solitude is like experiencing that solitude and spending time with yourself. Um, I mean, like if you can't spend time with yourself, like do you think other people want to spend time with you? As offensive as that sounds, right? Like if like we can't enjoy our own company, how can we expect others to do the same? So um, do things that you love and enjoy. And I know again, like I'm going into that cheesy territory of like join a club, (laughs) start a new hobby. That's not what I mean. I mean, like do whatever you want by yourself, right? Like binge watch a show if that's what you need to do for your mental health um go on a walk go to a cafe if you need a seven dollar coffee to uplift yourself do it you know like (laughs) it's justified do whatever you need to do right within your means and it doesn't always have to come with a cost to it right you can go on long walks you can go on a run like whatever you need to do do it would be tip number one tip number two would be to seek help when you need 
I think there's once you go through that solitude process and that journey and if there's still things that are being unaddressed like that's not to say that you won't have those feelings of loneliness here and there it's fine but if it's something that's chronic isn't getting better over time definitely consult someone who can help you out I really like that as we say this somebody reached out to me can I just say I was like wow I was thought of today yes stop I love that Yeah, I'm actually really happy with this conversation. I think it just brought peace, which is really nice as well. And oh, that would be my tip is do what finds you peace. You know, like I think that's the other part. Yeah. So I think, which is not easy. So we're all on that journey together. But two things that I think are like takeaways, like it is okay to be alone and loving your company, but if you are feeling lonely, if it is getting to a point where, you know, it is harming yourself, like Toby said, just make sure you seek out help um, in any way, shape or form. So I think that's also very, very important. And yeah, yeah. I think that's that. that was really good. I mean, just to quickly your point on like feeling that peace, I think like, I know I rented a little bit like earlier in the episode, I just like felt this like weight lift off my chest because I feel like I don't talk about this enough. And I'm not like calling anyone out. Like it's just life. Like it's nobody's fault. Like it's not my fault. It's not people in my life's fault. It's just like how it is. But it like felt really good to just like talk about it. So like on top of that spending time with yourself, seek help when you need it. Like talk about it, I guess is like kind of important. It And all it takes is just that one person. As soon as that one person opens up, I promise you in your friend circle, they're going to be at least one more person that's going to be like, I agree. Like I am also going through this. But sometimes you just need that one person to just start it off the conversation. And before you know it, like, all of a sudden be like, yo, I didn't know it was going to be this hard to make friends when we're in our 20s. Like, why is this happening? You know, like, it's a real conversation. I literally had it in a group chat the other day as well. So all it takes is one person because 90% chance that someone else in your friend circle is also feeling the exact same way. So with that, we thank you for listening and tuning in on this episode of loneliness in our 20s um like always our dms are open feel free to reach out with any other topic ideas or if you like this episode or if you have any tips on you know things that have helped you to combat loneliness um as you go through this thing that we call life um let us know and like always give us a follow on spotify share this episode with one of your friends hopefully you relate And don't forget to follow us at Try20s on Instagram. So we'll see y'all next time. Bye.